receive it and allow the Holy Spirit to translate it into life and truth to us. We'll know, experience the truth. The truth will bring freedom and liberty to our lives. And so we give you the glory, the honor, the praise, and the thanksgiving for everything that will be accomplished in every heart and every life by your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good evening, church. Good evening, church. How are you doing this evening? Praise the Lord. Greet four or five people around you. Tell them that you're glad that they're here tonight. too. Praise the Lord. Like it right there. You're right there. Receptive. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to to welcome you all here tonight. Welcome everybody who's joining us by live stream Sunday night service, New Creation Church. And uh, we're so glad that you're here. I want to remind you of just a couple of things. Next Sunday night, we're going to praise and worship all night long. I know sometimes we just call it worship night, but uh, again, not to be strict or anything, but we want to define worship. You know, worship is worth-ship. And so when we open the Word to study the Word, that's worship. If we're receiving, we say, man, this Word is worth receiving. This Word is worth hearing. And so, you know, we translate the music. We like it. We lift our hands. We say, well, that's worship. I got, a, I got that low, like, tone kicking back on me. Um, and so, uh, you know, all, when we give, when we come and bring our tithes and offerings, that's worship to God. And so, you know, if we put it just in a little box, praise and worship, you know, even in praise and worship, we put praise as the upbeat stuff and worship as the low and slow. And, uh, you know, we're, we try to, uh, to identify it, but if we just get into a box, we'll never really be able to understand, man, I, I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm living life uh, in praise and in worship to what God has done in translating my life, bringing me out of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. And how we relate to that and understand that. And so, uh, really not to throw anybody off, we will be praising and worshiping to music all service next Sunday night. So we call it a praise and worship night. Uh, um, But uh, again, we worship God in so many different ways, or can, that we don't want to put it in a box. But that'll be a a good night just to kind of let loose, open up your hearts. Music is such a vehicle. Uh, You know, uh, when, when David played... Uh, There, uh, under the anointing, King Saul was tormented by spirits. And when he began to play and the music and the the worship from music, uh, it delivered him. So there are things that by music and the anointing on music will cause a deliverance and a freedom. So that's next next week, uh, um, July 14th and 15th, men's conference. Uh, Men, make sure you sign up. We're trying to figure out exactly how many guys are going to be here so we can get the food, all the things ready to go. And so we ask you to to go ahead and register for that. Don't put it off any longer. And then the following day, all day long, Addison's going to be with us. And uh, if you haven't uh, seen it or got it yet, you might just jump in ahead of time and uh, get his book, Words with God, uh, on prayer. A tremendous book. And so uh, I believe he's going to be speaking to us out of some of those resources, things that God has told him uh, to minister. That's going to be awesome. And um, praise the Lord. So we want to take this uh, time. If you weren't here this morning or weren't prepared with your local church tithes and offerings, give you an opportunity to give. If you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you're giving by cash or debit or credit card, you can raise your hand. The ushers will give you an envelope. If you're giving on, uh, by text, the number is up there online. You can go on participate with us. Just uh, go to the give button there. We appreciate your giving, your generosity. Uh, Again, uh, a little bit of understanding when I get the chance to share a little bit. Now I know many of you know, but to just understand really the tithes and the offerings. It's not just what we bring, however convenient it is, but uh, in that covenant with God, he said, bring the tithe into the storehouse that there might be food in my house. And so he said, take that pl- the place, the storehouse that I've called you to, and one-tenth, the, the first tenth, uh, you give into that. And so then the windows of heaven are opened up, that blessing. So it's a covenant exchange. God said, if you'll recognize that everything that you have belongs to me, I'll open up the windows of heaven, pour out everything that you have. Then on top of that, there's a place for offerings where we give to different things. He said, if you set in your heart and purpose in your heart to cheerfully give, not out of necessity, because God loves a cheerful giver, then God is able. Somebody say, God's able. God is able. We put, we put it back in God's hands, not what we can do, how many hours we can work, how many jobs we can work. We put it in God's hands, and God's able. 
God's able, right, to give you all sufficiency in everything and able to give to every charitable donation, gives more seed to the sower, bread for food, increases the fruit of your righteousness, right? Praise the Lord. Creates a generosity in your life that creates thanksgiving to God through you. So the dynamics of giving and receiving are powerful, amen? And we get to the point of saying, well, why, why would I do that? Uh, then you have to gain a greater understanding of who God is, what he's prepared that divine exchange, right? He wants, he wants everything enveloped that we're in that type of partnership. He doesn't want you to just give because you have to, right? That becomes works. But when we exchange in giving, when we're in that partnership with him, we always come out to the best part. When we're working together with him to minister to people, then he, he's got a part and everything comes out. We add our natural, as Pastor Tasha said in Serve Sunday last week, we add our uh, natural and he brings the supernatural. But sometimes we think, well, I have to do this in order for God to do that. Well, no, he wants us to work together uh, in all that we do because we are in divine partnership. And in fact, we're not working over here and he's working over here. He's working in us every day to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so if we understand the new birth, we are in partnership with him and we're inseparable. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So if I withhold from him, I'm just not even comprehending Right? If I withhold from him, I withhold from myself the ultimate blessing. Because we're one. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, uh, uh, we're just believing God for you. And uh, it, really what the word of God uh, declares, that God supplies your every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. There's needs here. I know there's needs. There's things that need to be taken care of. And uh, God is your supply. God doesn't want you worrying about it, right? God wants to give you supply. God wants to give us wisdom. He wants to pour out wisdom so we know how to handle what we have and cause it to grow. God wants us to be good stewards, amen. And so God puts things in our hands, and he, he shows us how it can expand and grow, not just flow through and then die there, but how things can flow through us, how we can plant, how we can grow, how we can build uh, in a number of ways, so that it's more sustainable. So he supplies every need, even your need for wisdom, Amen. knowledge for understanding, a need for understanding. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you for every opportunity that we have to give, to enter into uh, and acknowledge the covenant that we have with you, that everything that we have belongs to you. God bless you. And everything that you have belongs to us. So we're so thankful. We're so grateful. As we participate in giving and receiving, worshiping you in this way tonight, we just command the blessings of the word of God upon each one. We do declare that you supply every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can go ahead and pass the buckets. Open your Bibles with me to Ephesians, the third chapter. Ephesians, the third chapter. And we want to pick up right where we left off uh, last week. And so um, we ended really with talking about uh, the manifold grace of God and what Paul was talking about, him being a minister of the mystery hidden from the ages, really, Christ in you. And he said this is uh, uh, really all a, a divine purpose and intention. Verse 10 of chapter 3 says, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. Everybody say, by the church. Come on, now by the church. The church has something to do with making known the manifold wisdom of God to principalities and powers in heavenly places. Right? And so there's good principalities, there's good powers in heavenly places, there's godly, uh, angelic beings. But we also know, Paul will go on to say in chapter 6 when we get there, that our warfare, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So he's consistently in writing, he's tying things together. Right here he says it's, it's the church that's going to make known to these principalities and 
empowers the wisdom of God. And then he tells the church, listen, quit fighting with each other. That's giving place to what the principalities and powers want to do. They're working amongst people, but that's not where our battle is. And if we can conquer that, not focusing our attention uh, when we get stressed out and in trouble and offended and unforgiveness upon people, but we turn that and we walk in love and we walk in directed by the Spirit of God and empowered by the Spirit, they can have no hold. And the love of God and the unity of the Spirit that the church is to have makes known the wisdom of God sending Jesus. So that the sin of man and the control of these principalities and powers could be broken and we could unite as the body of Christ and show forth that God was pretty smart in sending Jesus as a man to be crucified and pay the price for all of mankind. So that all that dominion is broken over us and we could rise and be what God called us to be. But when we give place to that, we're no different than where Adam fell, right? He just, uh, the enemy appeals to our senses. And then we just go ahead from the outer man and give place to our senses. Sexual immorality, anger, bitterness, lasciviousness, right? Uh, uh, evil desires, covetousness, all those things. He just starts to appeal to that outward or, or our, our, our sensual nature. The things that we can see, the things that we can feel, things that we can taste, the things that we can hear. You know, just feels real. But really, Paul is saying there's something much stronger on the inside of us. And so he says, because of this, because God's intention is that Christ live in you, and that's your hope of experiencing, seeing, and walking in the manifestation of the glory of God, right? The heaviness, the weightiness, the splendor, the colorful aspects, the multifaceted aspects of the life of God, right? And I believe he wants to experience, us to experience that more right now than ever before. So, you know, looking at it this way, we have authority. But the enemy is attacking lives more than ever before. He's, he's trying to make worlds look black and white. Yeah. It's just day to day. It's just struggle day to day. Get us to think black and white. But we have Christ in us, the hope of glory and splendor, and to see in the midst of just a dark world, just black and white, to bring the color and the splendor of God into a lost and dying world. That's what he wants us to do. He doesn't want us to be weighed down like the world's weighed down. He doesn't want us to experience all the sadness and sorrow and struggle that the world does. It's around us, but it's not in us. And if he can get us to experience what's in us instead of what's around us and begin to speak to and from what's in us instead of about what's around us, what we feel sensually, our sense nature, what I feel, what I see, what I'm hearing people say, but I'm focused inward and I begin to see and perceive what the spirit of God is doing. I have ears to hear and I begin to hear with my spirit man what God is saying. I begin to sense what God is doing from the inside out in, in changing my life, how much he loves me, how much I have relationship with him, and now I begin to live from the inside out instead of the outside in. Amen. And so when we wake up every morning, you know, you just look in the mirror and you see the outward man. And some people are like, man, ain't you beautiful? And some people are saying, my God, what did you do? When you created me. And you know, we just look at the outward man and we think, now what do I have to do today? How do I feel today? How's that going today? So immediately we have things around us that immediately cause us to connect with the outward man just from waking up in the morning. So it's a good thing if we just get up in the morning and begin the moment our feet hit the floor or before and begin to praise him, begin to thank him for newness of life begin to thank him for the relationship that we have, that he supplies our need, that he is our God, that no matter what is in our day, that because he lives in me and I'm in him, I can take on whatever the day holds with the strength and the power of God that is within me instead of being bombarded by the outward things that come against me and my senses. Amen. And so he says, listen, if we can live in that place, we make known this manifold wisdom of God and the very intent of how God decided to live in man, and he made that happen through the blood of Jesus. And so Paul says this. He said, you know, for this purpose, uh, he, was, he was brought to the earth. He's a prisoner. But there, here in verse 14, 
Many of us know this prayer. He says that for this reason, he prays for them. And, and this prayer has four parts. We're going to dive into those four parts uh, as, as we read through it. We'll read through it here real quick and then uh, uh, talk about it just a little bit. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able, glory to God, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations. Amen and amen. All right. And so he really speaks to us or prays concerning this in, in really four areas. He, he prays for strength. He prays for depth. He prays for apprehension. And he prays for fullness. Prays for fullness. And so he starts off and he says, for this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, you know, there's not a specific a position that we see throughout the scripture uh, about prayer. We see Abraham standing before God in prayer when there was Sodom and Gomorrah. We see a place where David was just sitting in prayer. There's not a particular posture, but there is a posture of our heart. And so Paul said, listen, it's so ominous what God has done in Christ Jesus that I bow my knee. I, in other words, when I pray, I'm praying, I'm acknowledging by bowing my knee or bowing my heart that I am in submission and reverencing the one I'm praying to. I'm not standing here just saying, listen, I got, a, I got a petition to make, but I know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the Father, right? The Father of the whole family. That word family means fatherhood. In other words, for every family everywhere, I'm the Father of fathers. Paul said, I'm praying to the Father of fathers, and uh, he's the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Since we're his offspring, then he's our Father which is really the pattern of prayer Jesus said. He said, when you pray, pray and begin to realize who you are, that you're a son or a child of God. He said, come and say, our Father, which art in heaven, right? And so it's very important because we're not just praying to a God way off somewhere who doesn't care or we're not sure cares. He said, I bow my knee in reverence to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Praise the Lord. I heard, uh, I think it was Patsy Caminetti talk about, you know, the church and how the church isn't just right here. The church is eternal. That there's, I mean, the church is connected in heaven and on earth. There's those who've gone before us that are in heaven, that are subject to him. We're, we're divinely connected in eternity. And so he said, I'm praying about all these things. He said that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Man, there's just something Paul's trying to let the Ephesians know. He says, I, I, I'm praying, you know, in one place, in both of his prayers in Ephesians, he's really praying concerning spiritual things, wisdom and, and spiritual understanding, that he, God would grant unto you wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your spirit man being flooded with light. He's talking about spiritual things. He's not praying about natural things. Why? Because he knows what Jesus said. If we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto us. Paul didn't need to pray about their physical or outward well-being. He knew if, if he prayed and their spiritual well-being was taken care of, the outward man would take care of itself, right, from the inward man. And so he's praying about these things, and he says, I, I pray that he would grant you according to his riches. Well, there, he said, I pray that you'd know the riches of the glory of his inheritance. He said that the church is going to make known the manifold wisdom, the many-sided wisdom of God. He just keeps talking about how much God has, who God is, and how big and how grand and how rich it is. Yet, as Christians, many times we're like, well, man. Whatever, I mean, just trying to get by, just trying to get to heaven. Yet God is rich in mercy. Amen. He's got riches according to the, his, his, we're blessed according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. 
And so really when we think about this, you know, uh, according to, really, you know, we, we start to think um, more in portion than proportion. We begin to think more in portion than proportion. So when, when Paul is praying that he would grant unto you according to his riches in glory, according to that, right? So portion is like this. If I was a billionaire, right, and I just gave you $10, I would be giving you a portion. But now if I gave you $10 million, I would be giving you in proportion, right? So God's not just giving you to say, here you go, here's a little bit. Paul keeps saying, listen, God's giving to us according to or in proportion to his riches in glory. See, too often we're thinking, I just need a portion. I just, I'm just humble. I just need a little bit. If I just got a little bit. But a little bit would just take care of you for today. Right? The strength that God wants to give you is not just strength to get to the end of the day. What he wants to give you is strength that will sustain you. As we said this morning, in bodily harm and trouble. That it will sustain you every day. It will sustain you through every situation and every circumstance. That the power on the inside of you pushing out is greater than everything pushing in. Come on, trouble is in the world. You can't avoid it. The enemy's out there. He's roaming about trying to figure out avenues and strategies where he can kill, steal, and destroy. He's out to take from you. God's out to give to you. Yet so often, we're still running around seeking after the world and what the world has to offer. And we're like, well, you know, I'll get in on church sometime. I'll get in on the Word of God sometime, just as long as I get to heaven. But he said, listen, man, there's so much power to overcome what the enemy has. And yet we're feeling like, I don't know if I could take another day. He said, you could take another day. If you came from the inside out, you'd be pushing out so good. The pressure, the life from the inside would push so far out on the death from the outside that you'd understand what resurrection life and power is. Sit a given place and listen to the enemy and how he's going to squash you tomorrow. If you don't watch out, you rise up and say, listen, you can't squash me. I'm full of the life of God. On the inside of me is something that is indestructible. Praise the Lord. And so Paul is saying that. You have to understand that he strengthened you in proportion. In proportion. That God would grant. He said, grant unto you according, according to his riches in glory. To be strengthened. With might, with might, strengthened with might, not just with power, not just with human strength, but to be strengthened with mighty power, a spirit of might, a spirit of might. Come on, when you don't think you can make it another day, when you don't think you could stand up another day, when you don't think you could take another day. He said, there's something on the inside, working on the inside. We sing about it, something on the work inside, working to the outside. I'm living from the inside out, but so often we're not. But boy, he was praying that we would get this. Because the strength that we need is in the inner man. It's in the inner man. Man, there's something going on. If we knew what was going on on the inside, if we really knew the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, And it's a growing, and it's a learning, and it's an intimacy. We talked about that this morning. It's something that goes on. Even the the Apostle Paul said, he said, this is my quest in life, to know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, that if any means I might attain to his death, in other words, the old man being dead, and so that I could see the resurrection of the dead, the new man emerge, that man that is made in the likeness and the image of him who created him, that I can see all the attributes, the characteristics of the new man in Christ, that when I look in the mirror, I see what he's doing in me, not what the devil's done to me. Man, when we see what God's doing in me instead of what the devil's done to me, you all of a sudden start to see there's a brand new man in there. I'm not bothered by the things I used to be bothered by. I'm not offended with anybody. I'm walking in love. I'm walking in joy. I'm walking in peace. Well, that's so hard. Pastor, that's just so hard. Don't tell me you've never been offended. I'm not telling you I've never been offended. But every time I have, it's never been profitable. 
Not once. I've never extracted out of an offense what I thought I was going to. It always weakened me. It always set me up for something. But boy, when I just avoided an offense, as hard as it was, well, how'd you do that? Had to pray. Had to ask the Holy Spirit for help and strength. Amen. Still have to. Say, boy, if I could just get over this. Well, you might get over this, but then he'll give you, the enemy give you an opportunity. See, when we don't resolve it by the inner man, then we think, well, I, I just avoided that. Praise the Lord, I forgave them, they moved away. <laughs> you know, it's easy to start forgiving somebody after they move away. Just let them move back into your business. Just let them move close, then you'll know if you forgave them or not. If you let go of that. Well, it's so hard. You don't know what they did. I know it's hard. That's why we need strength in the inner man. See, God didn't say, oh, it's easy. He said, you'll need strength. You'll need supernatural strength. Yet, see, even though we know that, right, even though we know that, when it hits us from the outside in, it's so hard. And we just try. We struggle so much. Instead of just stopping and going, man, that was, that was a blow. That was hard. Man, I can't even comprehend. Why, why would somebody do something like that? I would never. Oh, sure you would. You would just do it a little bit more strategically. Sure, you see, we get to thinking from the outside. Well, I would never. But we did. We have before, and we would in the past. I would never steal from somebody. Well, maybe not that way. Not their money, but maybe their time, maybe their attention. Ever stole somebody's attention, just hung around just to get their attention? Nothing important, just wanted their attention. Huh. Anyway, don't know why I said that. But (laughs) there's just many areas that that we, you know, we get sense knowledge. We get to thinking about. We get to comparing ourselves. He said it's better to live. Strengthen, and he knew it. You, it'd have to be just not just a little bit. Strengthen with might to stand up right in the face of that and say, "Here I am, stronger than I've ever been before." Why? Because I know Him. I'm closer to Him than I've ever been before. I'm ready. I'm ready spiritually to take on what comes emotionally. That's how I can rejoice, right? That's how you can rejoice from the inside out, not the outside in. The outside, it looks terrible. How could I rejoice at what's going on out here? Because you can't from what's going on out here, but you can from what's going on in here. And that joy is your strength. What's he saying? When I recognize what's going on in the inside of me, I can rejoice no matter what's going on on the outside of me. All right, we'll move on. Praise the Lord. This power, this strength, this might that comes from the Spirit of God. You know, uh, uh, Christian life, I was just reading this right here. Uh, uh, You know, somebody said this. uh, He said, if God took the Holy Spirit out of this world, most of what we Christians are doing would go right on. And nobody would know the difference. Hmm. Praise the Lord. So he makes this statement. He says, uh, what does it mean to have the Holy Spirit empower the inner man? It means that our spiritual faculties are controlled by God. And we are exercising them and growing in the word. It is only when you yield to the spirit and let him control the inner man that we succeed In living to the glory of God. This means feeding the inner man the word of God. Praying and worshiping. Keeping clean. And exercising the senses by loving obedience. All right, just in case you want to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer, I'll read that again. If we're going to live 
strengthened in the inner man to experience the glory of God. You have to feed yourself, uh, feed the inner man the word of God. Feed the inner man the word of God. Pray. Worship. Keep your life clean. And exercising your senses by loving obedience. Exercising your senses, what? To spiritual things. Not exercising your senses to natural things, but exercising your senses to spiritual things. Being more sensitive to the Spirit of God. So he prays. He prays that we would be strengthened in our inner man. And then he begins to pray that there would be a depth to us. He said that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. He said, listen, the depth of our life is really knowing and understanding the love of Jesus. Kenneth Weiss says it like this. When it says Christ, Christ dwells in your heart, he says, settle down and feel at home. He said that Christ would settle down and feel at home in your heart. Come on. See, if we're born again, we know Christ lives in us. Yeah. But Paul was saying, listen, that you would have such faith in him, such trust in him, that he would feel at home and settle down yeah. in your life. He said, that's my prayer for you, that it would just be an easy, uh, comfortable thing that Christ would dwell in you. And then he uses the phrase rooted, rooted, right? Rooted, roots to a plant. He uses an analogy to a plant. That, that, uh, those plants, that it, a root brings stability, right? And power to the plant. That's the way love does for us. It brings a, a stability into our life. That those roots go down and they begin to set the plant, bring it stable. But the roots also go down and they draw their nourishment, right, for growth. And their stability to stand in the midst of a storm. And so Paul is praying that we would understand and be grounded, draw our sustenance of life and our stability of life through the love of God. Well, it's all tied together with being strengthened in our inner man, the depth of that relationship. And so we have to ask our question, uh, uh, this our question. Uh, uh, we have to ask ourselves this question. That's the interpretation of my tongue. Um, ask ourselves this question. What brings us stability and growth? What is it you're relying upon on a day-to-day -day basis to make your life stable and to grow? Where do you draw nourishment for your life from? Is it from Facebook? Is it from the news? Is it from your success in your job? Where is it that you draw your nourishment, your fulfillment, your, your stability in life? See, many times we don't ask our, ourselves that question, or we just assume, well, we're Christians, and I, I read my Bible in the morning, that's it. But Paul is really praying for something deeper, that there's something going on on the inside that is causing us to be rooted, that, that something is happening in our life, and we know sustenance is coming from that place. There's, there's a drawing up just like a root. I'm stable in God, and there's a drawing up and a fulfillment in my life, so I'm not looking out here for some other level of fulfillment. I, 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 there's something going on. I'm, I'm rooted and grounded in the love of God. My relationship with God is where I draw my sustenance from. There's nothing greater. We can sing it. We can say it, but there's nothing greater than my relationship with God. I understand his love, and I, I grow in it. He says that we're rooted and grounded. And so then he uses a building uh, idea. He says, listen, not only do the roots have to go down like a plant and draw sustenance, but there has to be a foundation to your life. And it has to be a spiritual foundation. It has to be a spiritual foundation. So there in Matthew, you know, chapter 7, uh, Jesus brings out this uh, story. He said, listen, if you're going to have a foundation, how is your foundation built to weather every storm of life? He said, somebody who hears my word and does not do it. Somebody who hears my word and does not do it. So James echoed that, you know. He said later, he said, if you're just a hearer of the word and not a doer. Hearer of the word and not a doer. And so again, we tie things together. 
well, you know, I go and I listen and I go to church and I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to a lot of, I listen to a lot of stuff. I know a lot of stuff. I know what a lot of people are saying. I, I know. And what we just need, what we need is we need a move of God. And I agree, I, I, we need a move of God. But God's moving on. right on the inside of you. Now listen, if God can't get you to love people, if God can't get you to forgive people, if God can't get you to have joy, if God can't get you to have peace, you're always anxious about something. If God can't get you to move, well, we just want to move a God. Well, if we had a move of God, that would fix everything. Was God moving in our life or not? We are a move of God. Amen. That's what Paul's praying. Right here, we already saw it. The church at Ephesus wasn't, you know, just in a, you know, we don't see them, you know, just having this fire and flash. He said, man, you're in the midst of a, a lost and dying world. You're in the middle of paganism and religion and all that stuff. But I'm praying for you. Amen. You're going to make known to the whole world around you and the principalities governing that world the manifold wisdom of God. Why? Because your life has changed. Something's going on from the inside out, not the outside in. You're strengthened with mighty power, not according to your strength, but according to the riches of his glory. Right? In proportion. You're strengthened into proportion to who he is. And then he said, I'm going to make you so stable in a relationship with me. See, Paul knows what he's talking about. We said this this morning. I mean, wouldn't you like to just get with the Apostle Paul and not just wish it was true, but know it? When the economy changes, I'm unmovable, right? Whether there's angels, principality, life or death, life or death. We usually celebrate in life and death really throws us off. We wonder why, what? Why is God? But he said, nothing can separate me from the love of God. He said, I'm so rooted and grounded in the love of God, nothing could separate me from it. If we're honest, you know, can't say for everybody, but for most people, I've heard a lot of people talk about situations of life, been in them. Man, I'm telling you what, that's the toughest thing in the world, to not start questioning God and his love for us when bad things are happening. But Paul had it settled once and for all. I'm, I'm rooted in the love of God. And my foundation is so firm in Christ. So he knew what he was praying because it had been developed in him. He had a firm foundation, right? We sing that, Christ is my firm foundation. But he said it's not just knowing about Christ, it's living the Christ-like life. In other words, it's just a matter of putting it to practice. As the Spirit of God, the fruit of the Spirit begins to come forth. When God, just that sensitivity to the Spirit, you need to love that person. Well, I don't know how to love them. It'll be so hard to love them. What do you mean love them? What do you mean forgive them? Does, does that mean that I have to act like nothing ever happened? Does that mean that I have to let them back into my life? Does that mean, 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 does that mean? Does that mean? All of a sudden our mind is like about blown. What does that mean? It just means to love them. Why don't you just start there? Just love them. Instead of trying to figure out how long is it going to work? Just say, I have no idea. But if you told me to love them, I'm going to trust you to love them. Amen. I'm just going to trust you to love them. And then when we get to that point, we're rooted, we're grounded in the love of God. Like he loved us. Something very important here Paul is talking to us about. How do I love? How do I forgive? Does that mean I just forget about it and go back to what I was? Well, now, wait a minute. Some situations happen because you were never supposed to be in that situation. Some situations happen because people made wrong decisions. Are you just supposed to go and follow wrong decisions? No. No. Well, then, if I forgive and forget, shouldn't I just go back to the way it was? Not if the way it was was wrong. You just forget the effect it had on you so it doesn't continue to affect you. So you just say, well, that affected me. I forgive you. But I'm not just going back into that same thing over and over and over again. Something wasn't right there. And until that's fixed, 
can't just get back in there. Maybe it'll never be fixed, but I can go on and truly forgive you. I don't have to hold that hurt. I don't have to remember it. I don't have to act, I feel like it's working in me today. The wound is just constantly open. No, I can, I can believe in healing. Let that go. But so often we think if I forgive and forget, I just got to rush back over there and act like nothing ever happened. Well, it happened because something was wrong. We don't just go back to wrong. We step into righteousness. Right? So we're rooted and grounded in the love of God. Grounded, founded in him. And so we're acting upon the word. He said, this is the foundation. You can hear the word and never do it. But by not doing it, when the storms of life come, it's like a hurricane and it blows everything around. But when I'm a doer of the word, he said, the man that hears my word and does it is a man who's... uh, uh, like founded, his, he's built his house on a rock, on a firm foundation, right? Not just hearing, but doing it. And so Paul's praying here for them that they would have a good foundation. Really, what, what's he saying? He, he's just said there's a foundation for the church the, uh, on the apostles and the prophets, Jesus being the chief cornerstone. In other words, I'm taking what the Bible has said through the apostles and the prophets. I'm establishing my faith in that. And that all comes from the chief cornerstone. It's all about in, through, by Jesus. So my life consists of that. Not just religion, not just going to church, but a full life relationship with him. That we may be able to then comprehend. Comprehend. Now, this word, when you look at it, really actually it looks in two forms. Comprehend means, uh, you know, the, the, the Greek word means really to grasp or to lay hold of. And so comprehend is trying to mentally grasp the love of God. But it may be more accurately translated to apprehend. To apprehend. So he's praying that they have strength, that they develop a depth rooted and grounded in love so that they might apprehend apprehend or lay a hold of for self the love of God, the depth and the breadth, the length, the height and the length of his love. So there in Genesis, uh, uh, God told Abraham, he said, I'm giving you this land and now you need to, to walk the length and the width of it. He said, I want you to walk it. I want you to see it. I want you to possess it. I want you to see the land that I've given you. I want you to walk it. I want you to experience it. And so Paul is using that same thing. He said, I want you to apprehend. I want you to experience the depth and the breadth and the height and the length of God's love. One of the greatest issues in the body of Christ today is really experiencing God's love at the level God wants us to experience it. So that we can convey it to others. We are so locked into sense love. How we feel about love. How we feel about about people. God wants to go beyond that. He wants to transcend that. He wants to show us. You know, some people put it just like this. But it even goes bigger. It's just trying to explain it. You know, is is there any link you could go away from God that his love couldn't reach you? Is there any depth you could dive to that it wouldn't go after? Is there any height you could rise to in life that God's love wouldn't reach there? Right? Is there any width? How wide can things be and God not fill that up? I mean, wherever you go, how far you try to run away from God, his love will reach you. No matter how deep you drive into the pit, his love will reach you right there. No matter how broad and how wide things get, they're so big and, 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 and how wide God can fill the whole thing, right? To comprehend that his love fills everything, everywhere. And he says, I want you to apprehend it. It goes beyond human knowledge. It goes beyond human reasoning to just grasp it with your mind. It's something that has to be experienced. It has to be something that's walked out. It has to be something that you apprehend and that you embrace in your life. Not just from human beings, but God himself. And the power to live it is so supernatural. He said to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. Then he gets to the last thing, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God. So one person said this, says, nature hates a vacuum. Not one of those that you clean your floor with. (laughs) Most kids hate that kind of vacuum. But nature hates a vacuum. That's why water and air just rush to empty space. But God hates a vacuum. God hates a vacuum. 
So even, even with us, sometimes we're just thinking, I just feel so empty. God never wanted you to feel empty. God said, where there's a vacuum, something will come to fill it. Something will come to fill it. He said, I want you to be filled with all the fullness of who I am. And then his intent is that we be so full of him, not lacking any good thing from him, so full of him that then when we go out, we start to fill places with the fullness of him. We are his church, his body, the fullness of him who fills everything everywhere. Well, how are we going to fill everything everywhere if we're empty? Well, how am I going to get full? By being strengthened with might. Through his spirit in the inner man. Through being rooted and grounded, drawing all my sustenance, my stability from him. Grounded and founded, no matter what the storm of life is, in his love. Knowing and experiencing, apprehending the fullness, the depth, the breadth, the height, and the length. When I do that, I realize, wow, I'm not lacking anything. He's covered it all. He's already covered it all and filled me with himself, filled to overflowing. He's come to move on the inside, and then he filled me with all of his love. He filled me with all of his nature. He filled me with all that I am. I'm not lacking any good thing. I'm full. I'm full. I'm full. I'm full. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm be being filled over and over. I top it off. When I give out to somebody, I pray in the Holy Ghost. I get in the Word. I top it off so that I just stay full. Full of the fullness of God. Well, I need. Really? We're full. Praise the Lord. So then he says, did you all get that? I'm praying for you, for something, four things specific. He says, now when you get that, to him who's able, to him who's able, to him who's able. He said, you've just entered into something again. Him who's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above. Wow. Exceeding, abundantly. Above, exceedingly, abundantly above, exceeding, abundantly above. I mean, how many, how many of us are living in exceedingly, abundantly above? Man, if we're not, we could still get some strength in the inner man. We could still get some depth in our roots, strength in our foundation through the love of God. We could apprehend more of the love of God. But boy, when we get to that point, we know. We know. He's able. I'm full of all of him. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I ask or think. According. (laughs) There it is again. According. (laughs) According. In proportion. According to the power that works in us. So, some people are like, man. Man, if it's according to the power that's in me, we're in big trouble. Because I ain't got much left. But Paul's saying that's why I'm praying. Because when you know all this is generating on the inside of you, you're like, let's do it. Let's do it. Because you're able to do more than I could comprehend. And you're doing it now according or in proportion to the life of God, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that dwells within me, the mighty power of God that's at work within me, the power that raised me out of the deadness of sin, the power that took my life and forgave it and washed it and sanctified it unto a divine purpose. There's power generating on the inside of me, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, the same miracle working power and life, the same authoritative power that he has over principality and power, might and dominion, and now... There's an excess, an abundance for me, according to that power. So if it's in proportion to that power and you don't think there's much power, then get ready for not much. Yeah. Come on. Good word. But if you start to apprehend and comprehend the fullness 
of his love and the power that it generates. Get ready for some exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. God's going to put you before people you never thought you'd come before. God's going to show you some things you never thought you could even think about. He's going to blow your mind open. And you're instead of going like, oh, I can't do that, you're going to be with you, I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Praise the Lord. To him be glory. Where? In the church by Jesus Christ to every generation. Every generation forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, that was meant to encourage you. You don't act all that encouraged, but praise the Lord. (laughs) Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you and we glorify you. Thank you for salvation. God, thank you for saving us. Redeeming our life from destruction. Truly, give us eyes to see what you have done. That we begin to look from the viewpoint of the Holy Spirit of God within us. Give us ears to hear what you're saying. That we might hear what you're saying on the inside. Instead of all the voices from the outside. All the viewpoint from the outside. That we begin to see things from that eternal purpose. That we begin to see the manifold wisdom of God being displayed through us to principalities and powers. That we begin to see the mighty power that's working in us. That we begin to allow ourselves to draw sustenance and be rooted and grounded in that love of God, apprehending the fullness of it, that we might be know, that we might know and have great confidence that we are filled with the fullness of all that you are and all that you have. That our life is no longer filled with all the mistakes, all the guilt, all the shame, but our life is filled with your love for us and everything that reaches into our life and fills our life because of your love that you displayed towards us when you raised Jesus from the dead. Broke every power, every dominion over us, the law that restrained us to bring us into the fullness of life that you had for us, filled with all the fullness of God. Prepare us for now you are able Get us ready for exceeding abundantly above. Not limited to our thinking, but according to your mighty power, your ability, your great grace. Prepare our hearts for that which you have in store for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Why don't you stand up? Say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus Jesus. far exceeds. exceeds. 